Hello, welcome to Street Fight. It is me, Brian. I'm here. Uh, it is the week. between. Okay, I'm not going to do it. Nope, I am going to do it. It is the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I have a great guest, a dear friend of mine. I've done his show a few times. He's done Street Fight. I, I, he did a bonus show with me at one point. And uh, now he's my co-host. I've got Howell Body. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, uh, well, I, I'll answer your what's up first, and you can then answer my what's up. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, what, I'm can very I... excited to be a co-host of Street Fight. Uh, <laughs> it's everybody's dream. Beloved American <laughs> institution, Street Fight. <laughs> it is. every Everybody wants to be a co-host. That's why I call them co-hosts instead of an interview. Because, yeah. first of all, I would have to ask questions, and uh, I'm real bad at that. Like, I used to do this thing on our Patreon. It was just basically, a, it was called Third Show, and it was just because I didn't know what to do with the Patreon. Yeah. And I had a real, I don't know, I had like a real issue in my mind about uh, um, about not wanting street fight behind a paywall was was sort of the issue so we wanted a patreon yeah and we wanted to make money but i felt as though <laughs> yeah. putting street fight behind a paywall was wrong so i just named the show something else and that is also why there's still series that's why the mini series exist was that like i feel like if you're going to do this thing at the time, it was way more like leftist politics stuff. If you're going to do this thing, you can't, you can't put that content behind a paywall. It would have made me feel bad. So I, uh, uh, that's where I came up with like the mini series, but I was doing yeah. these interviews during that time and I was so fucking bad at it. I, it, I might've been, cause I just talk about myself the whole time it's ridiculous but <laughs> yeah i was bad at it that's why the mini series exists uh, on top of that the the you know the success of the first shocktober was kind of when yeah. i was like i think people like this kind of thing so stuck with it but that is my long-winded way of saying that's why you're co-hosting instead of being a guest i thought it was to to kind of and maybe this is also true you know two things can be true or more i've heard uh, I've heard that as many as two or more things can be true, but it's also kind of like you're spreading the responsibility for the quality of the show out a little thinner. <laughs> if you're not interviewing me, we're, we're, we're co-hosts. So we're both responsible for the quality of the show. But the and issue I, uh, with that, the issue is that is that I don't make the co-host prep. You know yeah. what I mean? So it does, it, it's weird. I, I think it, I should maybe, I don't know if this is insulting to people, but maybe second in command instead of co-host. Yes, yeah, so second in command actually feels worse. Feels worse <laughs> than co-host. <laughs> no, you're my second in command you're, make, you're making a point of creating a hierarchy that doesn't need to be there, and you're putting <laughs> the other person... <laughs> below you now i have been so i have been accused all right uh because i well i have a show that depends uh, I, I my show fast track depends pretty heavily on the quality of my guest like mm -hmm. i like i uh 
I, I book it with the intention of getting someone on who will bring a lot of character and color and imagination to a song that we write really fast. That's my, that's my intention. That's what I try to do. But it does mean that I'm depending an awful lot on how good my guest is yeah. for how good the song is uh, for how, like there's a lot of, and it, that's something that I think about when people maybe don't want to do the show is that the stakes might be a little higher uh, when you are, uh, you know, my show, we, we write a song together. So, so when there's, when there's going to be a, like a, there's going to be a result and that's going to stick around. Like that song is going to be out there for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. And, uh, and if you're scared that it might suck and that you also might, some of the weight of being on the shittiest episode of my show <laughs> might be on people when I ask them to do the show. I don't know. In my mind, I've done your show three times. Like yeah. in my mind, all I bangers, feel, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I feel personally like your show to me uh, is easier than other shows that I guest on because you know if you do a lot of shows and uh, um, and you get if you've guested on a lot of shows, mm-hmm. you can get in a situation where like you're driving the show, which is nutty yeah like i don't that's not like i wasn't prepping for that (laughs) yeah you mean (laughs) brian quinby drops into a room full of amateurs and they're sitting there going like pineapple on pizza or not and you're like uh (laughs) and you're like i've been doing this for years you little pups it's just you just step in and dominate dominate the fucking scene i probably do actually because i'm i'm that kind of person like i just like to hear myself talk i think but like uh uh i have done shows where not only did i have to like move the show along but i also had to send the link do the recording um <laughs> that like every- you were the guest and you had to do that uh-huh yep i've done shows <laughs> where i had to create the room and do the recording right and kind of drive their show along too i've done shows where i did this show like years ago and i think they know that they annoyed me because uh i don't even remember who the guys were but like they had me on and they were like um yeah we take a break every 20 minutes and it's an hour show so you would do 20 minutes and any fucking and like if you like we're in the middle of a sentence at that 20 minutes. They'd be like, all right, well, we're going to go to break now. And uh, I was like, this is the most like. Was it radio or podcast? It was a fucking podcast. Okay, that's ridiculous. I, I know. I couldn't figure out why they were doing it other than they were just like, they liked hanging out with each other, which I'm fucking great. I'm happy you have friends. But like, <laughs> I'm like doing this for work. I had to take a night off from you know hanging out with with my wife or whatever so that i could do your show (laughs) and come up that's why your show to me is like i find it to be the least high stress i mean it's high stress for the 30 minutes that i'm writing the song you know (laughs) but like i do know that when i come on your show what i'm doing and that is that is that is what's nice I've, i've done some pretty wild uh, 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 you know, in, in October, 
I love doing. I don't know why I do this, but in October I did the Egg Maniac song. Yeah, and uh, we wrote that. And and I realized that when you write, I learned a thing about like writing lyrics is that like I always thought people just wrote like they kind of wrote the lyrics and then they went to whatever band practice they have and then they tried the lyrics and decided if they were going to work but we wrote the lyrics and i didn't consider singing it and uh it was one of the heart i had to say egg maniac egg maniac act mm -hmm. over and over again and uh i fucked it up 500 times <laughs> I mean, it's very it's very hard to do because the end of that, yeah, Egg Maniac, the end of the chorus is Egg Maniac, Egg Maniac, Ack, Egg Maniac, Egg Maniac, Ack, Egg Maniac, Egg Maniac, Ack. Like you have to keep doing that because of the rhythm of it. It's a metal song. It was real chunky and it's going. So and and that is metal vocals are very hard to sing. Like it's very very hard to do that. Um. And it's not something you can just casually jump into either because metal metal guys generally have this whole thing where they sing with more with their chest than like other than other singers do. It's not it's not a world you can just sort of float into. And so when I was do, I was doing like a I sent you a like a vocal guide to just show you how the song goes. And for that I just did my sort of cheap cheap imitation of a metal guy voice where I'm like egg maniac egg maniac uh. I just did that. Uh, I thought I thought you actually did a really good job for someone who's not a singer and doesn't sing for a a metal band. And I just cut. Uh, I just I just sort of grabbed the best takes of Egg Maniac Act and and plopped them in 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 order of intensity. So it ended up it ended up where I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it, but uh, I haven't. It was it was in my DMs when I woke up. Yeah, in December. Actually, when I woke up on December 28th, it was in my TM. <laughs> it's so hard. Do they, do they know? Now, I, I, I'm sorry I'm giving you an edit point if, if not, but do no, they know that you're, you're not giving me an edit order, point in order? Uh, <laughs> do they know that you're recording these uh, ahead of time? Or Yeah, I did a Christmas. I did a Christmas episode last week where I casually mentioned that I was recording it before October or before Halloween. Yeah. And uh, it worked out because I had Christmas. We just did a bunch of Christmas stuff. And I thought yeah. it was a really fun show and good. And then I did another one where I was semi-good at not saying it. But I do this thing. And I think this is like a, a result of... of I, I, honestly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say this now because it's just happened so much. And it's happening, it's happening so frequently. But uh, for anyone... Uh, and you might be editing this out, actually. You're not. No, you are. You I'm are. Not. You're not, definitely not going to edit this out. Okay. Everything that's happening is going on the tape because I, I do need to apologize to you and to the listeners. As a co-host, I'm partially responsible for this show. I, I have a puppy right outside my office that is either that is alternating right now between squeaking on a loud squeaky toy and whimpering outside my office because it wants to come in and it. and chew on the wires uh, underneath my desk. And um, so that is. Th that's just going to be happening. Uh, there's a bit of like a morning zoo radio thing going on over here. That's where my, where right. I have a puppy doing a bunch of sound effects. Well, yeah, I can't hear it. So I don't think they'll be okay. able to hear it, but okay. I will say this. I think what happens with me is, uh, I came up listening to 
Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony, but very specifically, Opie and Anthony was the show that made me think I could do radio because yeah. they were very self like behind they would talk about the behind the scenes stuff they would if somebody bombed they would they would call it out and everybody would make fun of them and stuff like that so i have this thing in my head where i can't i can't like perform a lie you know i feel like yeah a geek and and it's funny because i do a show and like i should be able to think like this is a show uh this is the kind of thing that happens when you do a show you sometimes have to not mention the date that it was recorded or, or something like that and like I, I don't know so it comes down to i'm recording these shows early so i can have some time off and uh um i am like I feel like a dork for doing it. I also feel <laughs> bad for taking time off. I always feel bad. Well, don't feel, don't feel bad about that at all. I've actually, you've I, actually inspired me. I'm, I'm going to, uh, I've decided after talking to you about this, I've decided I'm taking December off as well. And so I'm going to record my, I'm taking them off, taking it off from the podcast. I still have my other jobs, but, um, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be recording my bonus content for december in november so, you want a secret you want a secret uh thing that i came up with last year that you could uh, uh definitely tip. do a little tip for because i took a month off last year and i couldn't get the shows because there were two of us last year uh it was very hard to schedule the shows to schedule I yeah had, yeah I had twice as many shows in one month or whatever yeah yeah and i yeah and i had to i had to work with someone else's schedule but this year it's kind of easier uh but what i did was first of all i was like well there's only going to be one main show and one uh there's only gonna be one main show no there's going to be two main shows and a uh bonus show but for the bonus shows I went to other podcasts where I did bonus shows, specifically the POD cast, which has like, I don't know how many, I think three or 400 patrons uh, yeah. and said, Hey, here's a, here's a listen at what the POD cat, like it was a preview of something that nobody had ever, most of most people hadn't heard. And uh, we also, I, I traded, shows with yks oh i did we, yeah i've done that before i've done that for a bonus show um we we swapped out stuff we had guested on with each other i think i yeah i had a, yeah. i had a, i had a bonus episode with db that they put on their feed and then i was on their show on the premium feed that, that i put on my bonus feed so yeah yeah was yeah. that last year because i that was last i think that, that was idea. last year <laughs> i gave jesse that idea when i dm okay him and said, hey <laughs> <laughs> and you are uh yeah you are like, uh, man that's very smart i don't you're I a thought think... you're a thought leader you are uh you are you're like the what the van you're you're at the vanguard is that what that means when when someone is a uh, sort of at the forefront of uh new think... podcasting tactics well i you know i got started very very early i had a lot of time to think of it but i you know as of last year I hadn't taken a week off in 10 years. Like I couldn't, I hadn't been able to just not podcast for yeah. any time at all. I was always, at it. Right. Yeah. 
Yes, but then, well, it's not even an addict. It's just like, what if I don't do an episode and everybody stops listening? Right. Uh, so that's what made me do the episodes. But yeah, last year I wasn't able to get all of the holiday shows, the holiday break, because I take a month off. Uh, December this year, it is December 18th to January 22nd. And uh, uh, I just take that time off because what's the fucking point in having this be your job if you can't take a really long vacation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I, yeah, you, you absolutely are right. I, now, I, uh, I quit my I, I do I do a lot of freelance work and stuff, but I, I quit my day job a year and a half ago. Um, and I've just been, uh, and I, so I've been working from home podcasting and doing freelance work for other people as well. And, um, and it is funny that I feel like I absolutely, even though I was, I was podcasting, I was doing shows, I was writing music, I was putting out albums, I was doing a ton of creative stuff, but when I had a day job, I feel like I had more free time. And now that I am now that I am completely working for myself, I do feel like I'm just working all I'm just working all of the time, uh, which is this weird thing that I need to that I do need I need to work on. I need to I need to come to some some of the same conclusions that you've clearly come to, where like uh, I I should be relaxing more and not and not right. like feeling like I'm on the clock all the time. Like, hey, I got. Uh, I I decided I wanted to work in show business so I could work every single, yeah, you know, every never month. take a day off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I I you know I'm buying. I I know that my daughter graduates next year, so uh -huh. I'm gonna buy like a portable, some sort of portable rig to take on the road with me, and I think we're gonna travel a lot more just because like, I, there's no reason to stay here. There's you know, oh wow, really going on, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I mean, my wife is too scared to just be like, uh, uh, my wife is too scared to just be like, let's get a cheap studio apartment and just be on the road all the time. But uh, I think we're gonna get an apartment in Columbus that is smaller, and then just travel the country because I always had this thing in my mind where I felt sort of bad that like I traveled the country um without my family <laughs> without my wife so right. i got to see a bunch of stuff you hit, that you hit the you road yes uh, you yeah. hit the road on tour and uh have you ever toured left. uh I've, I've done a few i've done a few little tours like i've toured i've toured as a um actually the 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 band that i was in for years we never we never i i was in charge of booking our shows so because i was in charge we never we never toured we like we would go off and do a show in chicago or go off and do a show a show in columbus uh but we but we never like we never hit the road for a long stretch of time because that would have required me doing a lot of like organized uh work and uh, but I've played in other people's bands and done uh, a few little tours here and there. Um, and I've, uh, I did, uh, and, and, uh, comedy I've done, uh, let's see, I would say I've done a, a few, like 
a few very, very short tours. I feel like any tour I've been on has been like a week tops. Oh, um, ours were two with, weeks, two weeks to 16 days is what we kind of uh, made them because it was just like I, I had, you know, we both had kids. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to be one of those guys <laughs> where like the kids like my dad was on the road all the time and he wasn't there. And and uh, so but I think I did get to see a good amount of the United States. I think once I was sitting in like Iowa City or not Iowa City in Des Moines, Iowa, I was like, I think I've seen a lot now. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, I went to Vegas, a place I never wanted to go. Uh, and saw that and I don't know for me it was just like you got a kid uh, uh, you got an easy fucking job both of us can work on the road because everybody's work from home now yeah we're, and a lot of people are my wife has worked from home now and it's just like why don't we just go drive around the country and 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 see everything because i i didn't get to go there were all these places i didn't get to go to on tour because it doesn't make sense like i want to go to montana i never been to montana before and uh it seems like a cool place to go yeah i've never played i've never played out west uh, it, the 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 tours that i have been on which again were all very short and there are not that many of them uh the we we went they were like midwest or or northeast um, yeah. So I've, I mean, I've been out west, but I've never like I've never performed out west. I've never uh, done a tour out west. God, um, I maybe maybe I you know I'm actually talking about another thing that could start happening early, like um, late next year, mid next year, summertime or so. Is that uh, I I think I'm going to also do tour dates with different people around the country or something mm -hmm. like that and uh i want to take chris james on the road obviously and if we can work that out i think we're gonna do that and uh maybe you can come with us you know uh Shit, yeah dates absolutely dates up in the fucking because i did the west coast and you'd be surprised at how like great it is and and yeah it like to perform there is fucking incredible because i don't know I, I know they get a lot of stuff but they have this thing in their mind where they don't get a lot of stuff <laughs> so it's kind of like, mean like you, you, me you, you feel grat you feel gratitude from people out west when you when you perform there because they're like oh you came, you came over from the east coast all it's the way so out weird. here to all the way out here to see us and they're they're like meanwhile they're in la or san francisco or something well seattle and and seattle. portland yeah, yeah. and eugene were three very seattle portland and eugene were three places where i felt like fuck those people really fucking loved us seattle's and a great town it's a i really, love it really uh i've been I love there it i have performed there but it's really uh it's a beautiful oh. place yeah, they were so nice there. Um, yeah, people seemed very nice. Yeah, so had the absolute uh, Seattle. I had the absolute best, most memorable falafel sandwich I've had in my entire life in Seattle, and I can't remember the name of the place, but Ooh, it was well, that's helpful. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just it it sticks out in my mind. I'm 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 a fairly food driven person, and it sticks out in my mind as a. As a highlight of any trip, like a a really good sandwich sticks out as the as is one of the 
main memories of any trip that I take. And Seattle, we were, I do know that it was near that, like, um, the underground tour, the tour where you go under the, under the city, you see what, I can't remember what they call it, but they, it's the, like the catacombs under the, under oh. the city in Seattle. There's a whole underground city. Oh, where, I where there was a level that the city was on at one point and they built up over that. And now you can go down, you can actually see old storefronts and stuff. Very cool. Oh, wow. I would do that. Okay. It's, I got to cool. do that. I think it's called I like, the, I think it's called the underground or something like that. But I, but Look anyway, there's a around the corner from either the entrance or exit to that is a falafel joint where I finished my sandwich and I just got up and walked over and ordered another sandwich. Cause I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I have to eat two of these in a row now. Cause this shit is so fucking good. And you're not going to um, get to have it. You may never, I may have never, I may never eat life. it again. Yeah. You know? I've had stuff like that. I, 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 I hate it. I think the thing that happens to me a lot of times is like you get this thing that you're really into and then you find out the restaurant closed and you're like, I'll never have that again. Like I get all oh my sad. God, yeah. There was this sandwich that I used to get uh, at this place, uh, which is it was like a chicken sandwich. And you know what? It was like 10 years ago it was before the chicken sandwich craze. Yeah. And it, it was just chicken, Fried chicken sandwich. It, it was uh, fried chicken with um, poblano, like a roasted poblano, yeah. like a garlic aioli and like a uh, uh, bacon and a brioche bun. And it was so fucking good. And I used to get it all the fucking time. And then the place just closed. And I'm like, I'll never have that again, ever. That's, this is it for me. Yeah, there are, there are some I, I could uh, I could go through some of the great sandwiches of Louisville's history that that I have loved and that I've lost those restaurants or they've taken them off the menu. There was a country ham sandwich at this place. That. I used to go right right uh, by my work. There was this sandwich uh, that was absolutely incredible. And they 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 stopped. They took the sandwich off their menu because they because they were mad at me, I guess. That's probably uh, true. I, going, I thought I you were going to say in, like, hot brown. I was going in like once a week to get this fucking sandwich, and they took it off their menu. That feels the like only one though. Insult. But you might have been the only one because I'll tell you right now, I would never in my life order something called a country ham sandwich. Oh God, it was. So no, good. I don't like ham, but okay. I mean, I I don't even know if I don't. It had like it ham. had uh, pickled cabbage on it. It had like a real spicy oh. mustard. It had a oh, you're gonna love this. It had an egg on it. Uh, it Nobody egg on it, it. Brian. Nobody ordered it. That's why you were the only person ordering. God, it was good. God, it was good. Um, God, that's so funny. Very, very memorable sandwich. There was also uh, there's a uh, one of our the pizza place that my wife and I will order from local place. Um, had a really good uh. What, uh, what do you call the French the roast beef that you dip? Like a no, no, no. This a jus, a French dip. Is it a French dip? Was it a French dip? I'm trying to think. It did come with the jus. The yeah. jus. I said jus. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, the jus. I don't think it came with a jus. That would be <laughs> came with a jus at least. <laughs> uh, and uh, the uh, I ordered it. One weekend, I saw it on the menu. I thought, "Oh, this will be a nice little like different thing than the pizza." That's this will be great. I ordered it. It was 
amazing, this incredible sandwich. I was raving about it all weekend. I was telling everybody, you got to go get this. You got to go get this uh, French dip roast beef sandwich that they've got over at uh, Danny Max is the name of the place. Next weekend, I go back. This is because I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this sandwich all week. Next weekend, I go back. They had taken it off the menu. <laughs> and it apparently had been it. on the menu for like years. And they were just oh, like, I was gonna well, say. They probably, they probably hadn't made it in a while. They made it for me. And they were like, this is a pain in the ass or something. I don't know. Oh, sure. They I mean, the, the, the ham thing is weird because like I do eat, I think I do eat ham, but I always tie it with like uh, uh, the honey baked stuff, which I find to be vile to me. You don't like honey baked ham? No, but I like, I know mm. it's my Midwestern card needs mm. to be. Honey baked ham's got a great sandwich. Uh, they've got a few great sandwiches, but uh, the, I, I think like it's, the, I think it's the, it's like a club, but it has some, it has the name of somebody or something. Uh, but it probably has honey baked ham on like, it. Which it's is called like ish. Mama's Club or some shit like that. I don't remember, <laughs> but my wife always gets it and she picks one up for me. Um, That's, but it's a honey. It, it has honey baked ham on it, and that becomes yeah. the issue for me. You know, it could be anything. You don't like but ham, I like, you don't like Capricola. Eggs. Yeah, no, I don't like ham and eggs at either one of those things. You'd be You're surprised at the, the things Seuss, I don't like uh, from the Doctor Seuss book. You are. <laughs> No, I like the, I, Sam. I, I am is the Sam. I am is the guy who doesn't like ham and eggs, right? No, Sam. I am is I think the person trying to. I do not like the them, Sam. I am. So yeah, it's the other the other person, which is Does my that wife. person have a I name. Think, I think I'm married to. I'm gonna, Sam. I am. I'm gonna look up the. I'm gonna look up the plot of. <laughs> Green yeah, eggs we and need ham. a synopsis See of green the, eggs and ham. Go to the go, go to the green eggs and ham wiki and uh, look up uh, who is in green eggs and ham. Sam, Does I the am. Character I have a name who's who's pitching the. I thought Sam, I am's pitching it because he's saying I will not eat them. Sam, I am. You know what I'm saying? R yeah. No. No. Sorry, I misspoke there. Yeah. The Sam, I am is the is the one who likes green eggs and ham. Yeah, and, it's like my uh, wife. Really, like she always says, you should try. I mean, eggs. She she doesn't okay. eat meat anymore, but eggs. She's she's like, oh, you'd love eggs, and I'm like, I don't know. I never will eat eggs again in my life. Sam, I am. This is the plot. I'm reading the plot description of Green Eggs and Ham. Sam, <laughs> I am offers a an unnamed unnamed man. So that's that answers that's our question right there. An unnamed man, a plate of green eggs and ham. However, the man refuses multiple times. Throughout the story, <laughs> by saying, weird. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. Okay. It's a weird name because Sam, I am, you would think would be the what the guy is saying. It's Sam. I'm surprised. Because, right? you know, uh, it would be, he's saying Sam, I am. So I thought maybe well, a lot of times that he thought he was, he his name was Sam in a way. It's a very weird Dr. Seuss, you're, oh, you Dr. Are Seuss, you're on some too. weird shit, man. wonder what yeah. he's smoking. Uh, he's canceled, so, though, too. So yeah, forget. but it, what's funny is uh, I'm surprised this, this book has not... Uh, it, this has never occurred to me before, but Sam I Am is... It's a, tr it's a trickster name. It's very tricky because you are, yeah. you're making someone say that your name is their name when they yeah. say your name. And that's a very devilish thing to do. And devil is kind of the character he is 
being. He's trying to tempt someone. He's trying to convince someone to eat green eggs and ham. <laughs> and That's true. And Sam I am is close to Sam. What is what do you say? How do you say? I don't I've always Pam mispronounced Hain? it. Yeah, that that uh that <laughs> <I> name. <laughs> Dr. Seuss say which is a de- which is a, a a name for the devil. And uh I would think that you know, I, especially when when this all came out, when the you know the even when evangelicals and right wing politicians and stuff were all jumping to defend Dr. Seuss because he had racist uh, depictions in yeah. some of his in some of his books, you would think that some of these people would come out and say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 wait a minute! Actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Green Eggs and Ham is actually uh, the devil's work. It's the devil's book." It is one of say, the devil's many ways that he has gotten a foothold in our in our culture. I don't know. I would also say I would say though about the conservative types that like they they really they don't actually just, care about any of this shit. They don't <laughs> care just, about nothing. They're just getting but clicks also, and views. Yeah, because you know they defend the Harry Potter lady all the time. Yeah, and that's straight up like. I, if I'm Christian, I'm offended by that. That's it. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, well, that was Harry, yeah. There was a there was a little moment where like uh, there a few months back where Matt Walsh and and um, J.K. Rowling were like on the same page for the for the gender shit, and like uh, and you saw them kind of interacting with each other, and it was this very weird thing because I I mean he absolutely believes that she serves the devil in her <laughs> in, in in her uh, published works. He 100% believes that. He thinks the Ouija board fucking serves the, the devil. He, he thinks doing yoga is in service of the devil. And he Wait, is like having a casual... Yeah, he thinks yoga is, like, is basically Satan worship. He's, he's, and he, I think he actually said... Somebody asked him, hey, is, is it uh, evil to do yoga? And he was like, well, I don't know. Like I, he's like, <laughs> I, he, he, he was like, I, I, I'll tell you this. It doesn't seem Christian. It was something he had a response that was something like that. And if that's if that's who you are and you're talking to a person who writes books about witchcraft and you're like, yeah, let's fix let's fix the world together. Yeah, I don't know. There's something there's something amazing about how uh, how corrupted. You have to be just to engage with the world as it is that should call the, that should make this guy look like a complete fucking sham but because it doesn't actually matter because they're just having the culture war issue of the day and that's all that matters is whatever the trending whatever the trending culture war topic is um they can get they can i guess quote unquote get away with it i mean that's a getting away with it such a weird murky concept now anyway i just i just googled matt walsh matt walsh yoga, yoga? And uh, what I'm seeing is uh, religion in America is on the decline. Here's what's replacing it. But it's a 13-minute video, so we can't really play a yeah. whole 13-minute video. And this guy's oh, he totally- definitely had he definitely had a couple tweets about about yoga, if I remember correctly. There's um, also like like did you see his morning radio stuff that he did? Did you happen to catch that? Uh. I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I haven't. I actually haven't been. Uh, was if that was something that was on Twitter recently that I, I haven't been as active on there 
he was a shock jock. outside of outside of uh, promoting my own my own shit. <laughs> he was a shock jock. Um, he he was a I, shock jock. That, he was. <laughs> what's funny to me is that so the first the first time I ever what's funny to me about Matt Walsh is that I had a um I worked with a guy who was like pretty traditionalist Catholic and he uh, I think he was the first time I ever heard Matt Walsh mentioned was he was like hey you should read this guy he's actually fairly reasonable and he and it was like a thing it was a blog post about how Christians need to sort their own shit out before they start criticizing other people because we we as Christians have as bad a divorce rate as anybody else and he was and I mean obviously the focusing on divorce is kind of a, re, a regressive thing but it was it was a very like sort your own shit out first then go after other people post and I was like okay so this guy seems kind of reasonable and then if you look back at some of his earliest stuff he Matt Walsh used to write for uh, the Huffington Post and he has he has ones that are like you have a moral duty to return your cart to the to the cart return at the grocery store. Uh, like he has some very like normy takes that are like fairly just like a regular guy, uh, you know, suggesting things that are things that are normal. Sorry, the, yeah. the puppy's going crazy I, in the other room again. Fine. But um, people will be glad to hear it. <laughs> that's Rosie. That's Rosie. Hi, uh, Rosie. So, but, but anyway, so, so when I first encountered him, he seemed like somebody who hadn't had his brain completely melted by culture war arguments and by the sort of bad faith, like back and forth, zero sum shit. And now I would say he is the worst <laughs> of, the, of that type of guy in that he cannot talk about anything without without it being basically like a without it being a huge uh uh oh, what do you what do you call it um he can't talk about anything without assuming everything that the other side believes and and presenting the worst faith interpretation of what the other side believes that's how he talks about literally everything now um yeah so I'll, I'll 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 show you some I'll read some of this stuff I can't play it cuz I didn't listen to it and you know how that shit is. You don't want to play one of these shock jocks without first. <laughs> I mean, I'm very uh, much an expert in in uh, playing shock jock audio, and uh, one of my rules is I need to listen to it before I play it. I can't yeah. just <laughs> let it rip. But um, uh, so you're saying he was he had a radio show? Yes, called uh, Matt and Crank. Uh, yeah, the Matt and Crank program. Um. <laughs> The it's what perfect the fuck? name. He had a shock. A shock <laughs> wow, but was he was he in. Oh, he used to live in. He used to live up in Indiana. Is that was it an Indiana-based thing? This was in Georgetown, Delaware. What the? F so it was near D.C. He must have moved there. Huh. Um, it says from early 2010 through August 1st, 2011, not a successful show, honestly, if that's yeah. all they got. Uh, Matt Walsh co-hosts a radio show called Matt and Crank Program, along with Andrew Crank Murr at WZBH The Beach, 93.5, based in Georgetown, Delaware. The show featured all sorts of Walsh's bluster and bigotry without the production value given to his current work as host for The Daily Wire, where he was hired in 2017. Now, something that... I should maybe look at is did 
did Matt Walsh um, pay to have his show on the air? Because that is a thing that can be done. Or like community radio, which is something I'm on that is different from doing FM radio. But WZBH. It seems, yeah, it um, seems like something, if, if you're going to do political stuff or shock jock type stuff, it seems like there aren't, that would be that seems like there would be or maybe that there should be a harder like barrier for entry on that kind of thing than someone being like hey we need a we need an asshole to be on our radio show yeah hey, we got this open slot and we're looking for a couple of dumb assholes to, <laughs> to fill some time I mean, on our fucking station something that i also should say is that like if you make it on fm radio as a shock jock and yeah. people are like, oh, people, you know, aren't listening to radio. That that's why it's not working. Right? That's why it's not there. Um, I will say this: people were still listening to the radio until about 2014 or so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this absolutely oh, would have been like prime, uh, a prime time for them to take off if they were going to be a big shock jock. Would that have been better? Would it have been better? As a, a just a hypothetical uh, thing, would it have been better if Matt Walsh was pure was purely what's a what's a comparable guy? I mean, Opie and Anthony, I guess would be would it be better if he was in that world? Yeah, entirely. I mean, he probably <laughs> he probably would have like lost a bunch of jobs. They probably he probably would have flirted with some kind of commercial success, and then at some point he would have been on like he would have been on a Compact. You know, he, he would have been Compact on Fox media. Business and said something stupid or something, and the, that they that they eventually had to had to apologize for. And now he would be like he would be one of Steven Crowder's like little gaggle of like giggling guys or whatever. Uh, that's where he would like end up. But he wouldn't be one of the main guys on one of the most looked at websites in the world, the Daily Wire. Right? Yes. So no, possibly, so possibly it would have been better if he had been a, uh, a sh if he had become a shock jock. It, yeah, if he had been successful, he would have surely discredited himself at some point to where, yeah. like, you know, you look at a guy, you look at a guy like Anthony Cumia, who was on like the second or third highest rated radio show in in the country for a period of time. Uh, especially when you start looking at shock jock stuff where it's like, uh, you know, it's Howard Stern, then Opie and Anthony, then Bubba the Love Sponge, then Man Cow is, is kind of where it's at. I mean, Bob and Tom's up there somewhere, but Opie and Anthony would be number two in, in that thing. But Anthony, you know, got himself fired and yeah. then started his own thing. And I think that thing does less than 20,000 views and 20,000 views is like a really respectable or 20,000 subscribers is like a really respectable thing, but not when you're would, going would from me too. I mean, well, but I, not when you're going, I probably actually, I probably wouldn't love it. I probably wouldn't love actually <laughs> being one of those, a guy who has that many eyes on me all the time. Like I, I probably would, that would probably drive me crazy as much as I would like the financial stability that would come yes. from, even that moderate amount of success. 
Right. Uh, but if you had started with millions, millions yeah. and millions of people, I mean, number, number, you know, one or two, number one in afternoons in New York and like uh, syndicated all over the country, number one in the afternoons all over the country. And uh, uh, then you come back out on the other end and 20,000 is very generous because Opie is, is, is doing a thousand for his a thousand views for his stream. Uh, and I'm just generous in saying, well, you know, Anthony was the funny one and, and he, that the, he that's probably their dynamic well. was, uh, was Anthony was the funny one. Uh, yeah, that's not that fucked up. <laughs> yes, Anthony was funny. Jim Norton was funny. Opie ran the board pretty much. But, you know, that was the uh, understanding from the outside. I think, you know, Opie thought he was funny. So. Jim, Norton, Jim Norton seems to me like somebody who's had a... It seems like he doesn't quite have the same level of stink on him that a lot of these no. a lot of these shitheads have have on them uh, a lot of these guys and i and i say like they they like dirt bags like guys that guys that made a career out of being like yes. i'm a i'm a fucking sleaze bag or whatever yes. uh jim norton is one of those guys but he seems like i don't know he seems like he's maybe fared better than them. sober that that would be he's you, been so be the person to ask about this so like what what's your what's your take on uh and jim norton what's your what do you how do he's you always feel, how do you been, feel about jim norton the entire time he's been a celebrity he's been sober so okay. that is one reason i think why he hasn't fucked up but if i had to figure out like what what keeps him employed at Sirius and, and the reason he didn't sort of, uh, 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 flame out the same way as these other guys is one. He's talented Two, Uh, I don't think people like his standup. I think people like his characters. And, um, uh, that is something that like he's in character. So you don't hear his like awful, political beliefs but also and he does that's a i don't really know he does have he's like a is he a right-wing guy jim norton well that's the other side of him right is that like yes i think okay because i I do remember him from uh what was it late night with colin quinn oh he was on there all the time right and he was like the reactionary guy on 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 that show right yeah yeah he always he pretty much always had the the devil the what was the devil's advocate position which we now know to just be uh every shithead in the country's opinion you know what we thought was like a weird fringe view at that time but it was actually uh actually quite common but he was also and and this is something that came up that has come up on shocktober a few times too is that like one uh i mean he wasn't doing some woke thing but he was talking about uh uh you know, having sex with trans people for real and doing it for real, um, not as a joke back then. And he also didn't generally have straight across the board conservative political opinions. He he right, had some, right. but he that's didn't a, go yeah, that's all like the way a, That's the a board. pretty common uh, c- comedian thing is to be like some weird version of. Uh, of that um socially progressive but 
like fiscally conservative or whatever. Um, well, the comedian version of that is the reason there's a comedian version of that is just because they're all stupid. It's yeah. what I tend to think. <laughs> but yeah, yeah and they get their and they get their politics from from punch from what makes a good punchline, which is like so if you can if you can point out the hypocrisy of of some very very hastily sketched political movement you well you've got yourself a punchline there and you, so you can you can turn a kind of like uh you you can make things seem more absurd when when it's really just a bunch of people trying to trying to live their lives in a complicated fucking world you know i mean i think i thought a lot of these guys uh uh were willing to admit if they were wrong they're not and i think i thought at the time that like he was being fair and listening but as the years have gone by and and you know me keeping keeping track of what he's up to yeah. um as part of my uh job you know I'm, I'm always keeping track of these crazy guys and not just shock jocks just like any type of crazy you generally a crazy white man i'm yeah. there to to see what he's up to what's doing with them i mean you're a zoo uh, you're a zookeeper for in a way crew. <laughs> in a way in a right. way i i am yeah. i do i do make sure that you know when you talk about uh although you know, i suppose uh, that implies that you like feed them and nurture them and maybe that's maybe that's the wrong thing maybe you're more like a you're more like a you're more like a documentarian but oh, that's I not wish. as catchy as zookeeper for the zoo. For the zoo I crew. wanted, I would love to someday, if I ever figure, I I want to be the person that makes the shock jock documentary. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure it's ever going to happen, but uh, God, I would love to be part of like making it. Although I don't know how any of that works. Like that's the weird thing about like the spot that that where even in is like okay people do know who we are but none of the people with big giant amounts of money do yeah you know like none of us get asked to like try out for saturday night live but we do well, sure. yeah. have some sort of notoriety you know i wouldn't do that but i don't have any interest in honestly trying out for anything this is one of the reasons i became a podcaster was because i wanted to do stand up um I found out, okay, so what do I got to do to be a successful stand-up in Ohio? And it was, I, they, you know, the funny bone. I need to get into the funny bone and get into that world so that I can, you know, travel the country going to funny bones, I guess. So I was like, what do you do to get on at the funny bone? And somebody told me, well, you go in. And you try out for the owner of the funny bone, just him. And he doesn't laugh at anything. And you just do your sketch in front of him. And I was like, well, I'll never do that. So that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, it sounds bad. That that kind of thing, <laughs> like exactly the, the career, quote unquote, career that I have and that I have uh, that I have sort of sort of scrounged together uh, is is a entirely built on the idea that I've never wanted to do anything like that. Like I, no. like I knew I, I knew I wanted to do comedy when I was, you know, when I was 18 years old and I could have, I could have moved to New York and like tried to do mm -hmm. stuff with that and tried to become a writer or something like that. 
And I know I know people who did. I know people who did a a, a good job of it. Uh, but it was never for me. I was I always wanted to just do whatever I want. I want to wake up and make make whatever I want. And the idea of of <laughs> for for whatever for better and for worse. I, I know this instinct has has uh, has been has been bad for me at times, and it has also put me where I am, which I'm which I'm comfortable with. Uh, but the idea of standing in front of a guy and trying to impress one guy to get that one guy to have me perform at his comedy club is so awful that I will that I will never do it, and I've never wanted to do it. Well, the legacy shit. I mean, that's the shittiest thing about. That I mean, I feel very lucky that I'm around now because I don't think that yeah. if things had stayed the same, I'd be making I, I'd probably still be at the cable company. Uh, um, but like the way that things happened for me uh, was so much better than trying to force my way through with a bunch of gatekeepers, because that's really like the 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 sort of legacy gatekeepers. Yeah, are are the people that I find I hate them. Like I I I hate even like thinking about them. Like yeah. trying to impress the guy because I always wanted to be on the radio, and it's like, well, trying to impress some guy to get me on the radio instead of just doing my thing and hoping that it works out is is stupid. I'm not I'm not fucking gonna go to the radio station and give them a tape of me. There's fucking hours and hours and hours of me out there. Listen to it or yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, and I—I I mean, I have—I have a. We both have a, a radio show. Uh, yes. And we bo- and we both got it because somebody wanted us on the radio. Um. So you know, and I—I I don't have like I don't have a I don't have a prime spot. I'm not drawn in. Uh, I'm not drawn in Anthony Kamia listener numbers. But you know, I've got a I've got a radio show. And I like yeah. it. I get to do whatever I want on there, which is which is nice. I mean, within uh, we we try to stick to the uh, you know the FCC uh, guidelines on uh, obscenity, et cetera. But but inside that, which I'm comfortable working inside, we get to do whatever we want on there. Um, so it's a it's a fun show for me. And then I you know and then I have the podcast and stuff. But yeah, if it was if if this was the nineties and we had to figure out how to do it in radio or television. Yeah. I think both of us would be screwed. Both of us would be, we'd be working together at the cable company. Well, nothing. I I just don't think I ever did anything. But man, we'd be, we'd be making people crack up while we'd be installing their cable. You know, it would be. Well, I, I actually was a cable guy and I did not make people crack up when I was installing. I made people mad when I was yeah. installing their cable. <laughs> I was very bad at it. So you quit your, your day job. Uh, what, uh, you know, obviously we like to talk about work on this show and jobs. Yeah. Like, what are some of the jobs you had in, in the past, like that, that held you up until you could quit them? My day job was, uh, I, this is a weird job, by the way. I, I was a pipe organ, uh, tuner and builder um i worked in a i worked in a shop uh restoring church pipe organs and tuning uh and i would go on the road and tune uh pipe organs there was a time there for a while where i was there was a time there for a while where i was spending like four months of the year on the road tuning pipe organs so that's maybe that's more of a tour than i ever did uh music yeah 
That is wild though. What like or where did you get that ability? Like how did you did, did somebody like take you under their wing or Yeah, well I I worked as I, I worked as an apprentice for a few years out, out of college. Uh in college I studied music and um and when I got out of I think I had a I had a I had a mentor or something who said, you know, one thing you would like to, one thing that'll help you if you want to compose music is you should work with your hands. And so I thought, well, I want to build instruments when I get out of college. What I want to do is I want to build instruments. And there was a friend of the family who had a pipe organ company. And he wasn't hiring, but he suggested another pipe organ company um, that I went and talked to. And they offered me a job pretty much right away. I think they called me while I was on my way back to my house. Uh, they offered me a job and I thought, wow, that sounds cool. I'll, I, I had no, I had no carpentry experience. I had no, um, uh, you know, you, you end up working with, you end up working a lot with wood, with leather, with metal and with electronics. It's like, it kind of has everything mixed in there. And I had no experience with any of those things. So, <laughs> so it was kind of like, uh, it, it was a, it was a job that I worked at for 20 years and I still felt like I didn't have a complete grasp of all the aspects of it when I, when I stopped working there. Um, it's wild though. That's something you can go back to. I would assume too. It That's is, something yeah, it's sort of something I can go back to. It is, it's, it's a, industry that was it's an industry that was dying in like world war one yeah (laughs) and is now uh and is now like very extremely niche i mean churches obviously keep the industry alive um by the by the sort of cultural expectation that a church will have a pipe organ but yeah the electronic organs are getting better and uh and sounding better pretty much every every year and more and more churches are kind of going, well, we could, you know, we could save a ton of money and a ton of maintenance costs mm. by getting, you know, uh, by getting one of these electronic jobs. Well, if um, anything ever happens to, and you need to go, cause I, 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 the reason I'm glad I was a cable guy for seven years is because that job is always going to exist, you know? Yeah. And it, 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 feels to me like a security blanket now who's to say i could ever get hired at a cable company again it's been so long technology moved so fast that but i know the nuts and bolts of installing cable in somebody's home and uh there's something about or and also like the idea that like i used to bring this up i used to think about this a lot was like i could move anywhere and there's a cable company there yeah so it's like if you ever have to go back and you're finding that it's difficult to find work, we could probably start a whisper campaign where we say the regular organs are satanic and you got to have a pipe organ to keep Satan out of your church. <laughs> I mean, that the thing is they do need to be maintained. They do. There is job security in the fact that a pipe organ is, something that needs to be regularly tuned and has like leather on it, which goes bad and you have to replace it and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, or leather in it, in it and on it. And that goes bad. Um, but the, the funny thing about pipe organs is they are, they are way more common than people even think about. Cause it, if you think about in America, in America, especially there's like four or five churches on every yeah. street, you know, like every yeah. every neighborhood out there's got 
five churches in it. And I would say four of them have a pipe organ in it. Some of them people might not use. Some of them are, are like old and in disrepair and can, you can barely squeak anything out of them. But they're, all, but they're there. And uh, it, so they're way more common than people even realize they are. There are a ton of pipe organs near you right now. And the other thing is that, and this is the thing that churches don't realize, they're also completely worthless. <laughs> they are, you cannot, we, we would get calls at the shop, we would get calls pretty regularly from people being like, we've got this great big pipe organ that we're not using. We would love to sell. It. And it's like, it costs more to remove the thing and take it to the dump than it, than it is worth. Like that's, that's the, that's the status of pipe organs in general. People do not buy them. People pay to have them removed and then other people accept them. And maybe there's, maybe there's some kind of like, you might be able to work it out where you could get a tax write off by calling it a donation or something, but they are not valued at, at like anything um, outside of like what the materials would, would get you. Yeah. I, my aunt has one. I don't think I ever tell anybody this stuff, but my aunt has a pipe organ in her house because she like a is. not a not a electronic organ, not a uh, um. No, it's a it like pipe a pra- organ. It's like a practice organ, or uh, how how big how big is it? Is it is it self contained in like a in like a cabinet, or is it something where she has a room that's full of pipes and she can play? It is. I haven't been to her house in a really long time. So she is, uh, she's my aunt on my dad's side. And uh, I've talked about her before on a show. Uh, I should fucking just have her on the show at some point because she's oh, yeah. really, really, really wild. Like, uh, you know, the, the big thing about her was that she didn't have TV growing up. Like she uh-huh. just jam tv she had a bunch of those asterisk comics like we would stay with her and and like um we would stay with her in her house for a week every summer and it was just like you guys can drive the tractor she had some farmland she actually had something that i know that makes me jealous (laughs) a little bit is that like her land for some reason or very early on in in cell phone stuff they wanted to put a tower in uh they wanted to put a tower there uh on her land and she said no they were gonna pay her a shitload of money and she said no and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah well I mean, some <laughs> people think that'll uh people think that'll that's giving us all cancer or or doing mm, mind but- control or something i don't know I don't, know if, she's a, I don't know if she's money. a mind control person, but well, she didn't have a computer for a long time either. She finally got one in like the two thousands, but wouldn't go on the internet. Uh, had two kids, two two incredibly weird kids. But how's she gonna get? How's she gonna get clout, Brian? How's she gonna get clout if she's not? Going I have no on idea. I I wish I could. How does tell she you expect? Could've... How does she expect to get clicks and likes? Yeah. <laughs> so um. Yeah, I uh. I'm sending an email. Sorry. Um, it's okay. They, uh, sorry, Nick from Means is calling me about the documentary that people will have already seen. Um, right. But um, wait, the documentary or the TV show? Documentary is- and a TV show. 
there's going to be a TV show, but that's going to come out next next month. The documentary will be out in dis- earlier this month in December. This right. month. Um. So, uh, yeah, he's he's calling me and stuff. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. She so she ended up somehow getting a pipe organ. I know they had money, and I know mm-hmm. my uncle worked for Owens Corning, the Pink Panther. The, the place that used the Pink Panther to advertise. Uh, yes, I remember those. Insulation, yeah. which is very yeah. weird thing. I, you know, <laughs> I never to really... license. Like, but I mean, the Pink Panther is a weird thing to start with. It's like a cartoon character that introduces a movie, but isn't in the movie, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah. And it, <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I had a, I had a, I had a, like a vinyl record that was a story that starred the Pink Panther. So he was like a he was like a character that they did things with, but and they made him a, and they made him a spokesman or they made him like a you know he represented the the company or whatever uh, like like Snoopy does for uh, uh, whatever it is. Um, uh, I don't know. There's a Snoop- there's a couple different things that have licensed uh, Snoopy or the, the or peanuts. peanuts characters uh, for yeah. their ads, but weird things, right? Like, yeah, yeah, weird random Ramu. things. Yeah, because like, what, what is some kid gonna be like? I saw the Pink Panther, and uh, I saw the Pink Panther in an ad. I need you guys to get the pink insulation for our home. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what the goal was of the Pink Panther for Owens Corning. I suppose it's just to be just to be memorable, you know, just to like so that we'll have this conversation right now, and somebody sure. somebody's listening to this right now and going, "Well, I need some." I need some insulation. What if I get the pink stuff? But yeah, I uh, um, the the pipe organ thing is fucking wild. It's uh, uh, she has one in her room. I don't know if it's all put together, but I yeah. do know. I'd be curious. I'd be curious to hear what what it is. Whether it's like a because there's a, there's a company called Moeller that I think is actually from Ohio. I think they were in Ohio, but they um or they might have been Tennessee. I'm, I'm I'm forgetting where Moeller is from, but they they did a thing. They they had a series called the Artiste that was you that's used in churches. It's it was a very very common, popular like ch- relatively cheap model of pipe organ that you see all over the country. And there's all there's versions of it that are in people's homes because it's basically like a it's a it's a very very large cabinet the. Uh, or you know it's a it's this one it's a stand freestanding structure that can fit by itself in a room whereas a lot of pipe organs are thing are a bunch of parts that you have to put in a room that's probably what she has and then carve a hole in the wall so that people can hear what's happening in that room that's that's basically how most of them work that's wild. I that's she probably has like the cheaper version. It's just this like really crazy thing. You go into this person's house. There's there's no TVs. There's there's not really computers. And again, I haven't been there in you know all, probably thirty years really. Um, but like she did, I was shocked. She was a librarian. I and and I always just kind of and it's funny. So many listeners of all of our shows are librarian types and librarians. Uh, But I always thought she had the pipe organ because she was weird because librarians are weird. (laughs) 
Or, that or was because my she's thing. like a dra- she's like a Dracula. She she, uh, she has a pipe <laughs> organ. Well, she's also like ultra. She's she is a. I would categorize her as a leftist. Uh-huh. It, I don't know though. There was a period where she was definitely on the left. And then there came a period where she was like, I don't think the Democrats are going to do what I need them to do. So she joined the reform party, which was the Ross Perot party. So I don't know if like oh, wow. she, she, I can't imagine her voting for Bush, but she was going door to door for the reform party uh years and years ago and like uh i talked the last time i talked to her she was definitely leaned more left because she was very curious about you know what i do and and stuff like that so so we sure. sort of had that conversation but um it's hard she to would, tell you didn't say you're you're destroying the country you're ruining the the world so you, yeah. you assumed she must be somewhat on the left she might be she could also be one of those people that's just like, I don't participate, which that's yeah. what I want to be. I want to be the person who lives on a farm. I wish I could do that. I could never live on a farm, actually. Um, but I wish I could be the person who doesn't ca- like doesn't care and isn't part of anything. <laughs> yeah, like, It's just like, I don't even care. I don't watch I- TV. I don't do anything. I was uh, canvassing for Obama in Southern Indiana in 2008, it would have been. And um, I remember I ran into this lady, this little, tiny little old lady on a little strip of, it wasn't a farm, but it was like a strip of rural land. And I was like, and she was on a list of people who had maybe voted Democrat in the past or, or, or someone on her property had or something like that. And I, t- I told her about, and I had got in Southern Indiana, in rural Southern Indiana, I got people, like I got a guy who stopped short of threatening me to get off oh, of yeah. his fucking property for, for uh, you know, trying to talk to him about Obama, yeah. uh, about Barack Hussein Obama or whatever. And, and um, a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And then, but this lady uh, was clearly super, super, um, and maybe not conservative is not the right word. She was obviously very, I don't know. I, she's a little old lady in a rural, little old white lady in a rural area. And I, I mentioned Obama to her and I started talking about at the time, <laughs> I thought he was going to be really, really great, uh, really, really great president and all the great stuff he was going to do. And I was going to help out the, you know, the, the regular working person. And she was like, well, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, would you consider voting for him? She goes, no, 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 no. That's that's for that's for God to figure out. She's just like, <laughs> she was completely like, she was completely open to the idea that he was a good man and not the devil, as so many uh, as so many people down there thought. Uh, she thought he might be a, a wonderful man. She thought he might be the the leader America needs, but it was not on her to get him in office. <laughs> it was I love it was it. for God to sort out. Uh, I love that. I, I will remember that conversation for my whole life because she was so sweet about it too. She had no, she had none of the bitter like partisan anger in her at all. She was like, "Oh, absolutely. If I'll be, if I'm ruled by a communist, that's fine. But that's for God to decide." 
Yeah, uh, that is uh uh that's who I want to be. Um this again, it's just for God to decide. It's for God. It's for God to to choose. Well, how I want to tell you, you have the weirdest job uh of anybody that <laughs> has ever been on Street Fight or you oh, have. Oh wow. The weirdest. I there, nobody's had anything weirder. We should have talked about it earlier in the episode instead of Matt. Matt fucking Walsh. <laughs> well, the Matt. I mean, Walsh I can definitely tell you some fun, tell you some funny things about being a about being a pipe organ uh, technician and tuner. Um, it, it you know I did it for twenty years, and I will say like I did stop doing it because it is a it's a it's a fair it while it's an interesting job, it is a thankless and ex, ex, very hard. It, it, it is a very hard job. Like working on working in instruments that were built a hundred years ago, with no oh, concern yeah. for your comfort or your ability to access things, is a very difficult job to eventually to um, to perfect the sound of an instrument that can only sound so good, and in all, most cases, sounds very annoying. <laughs> like that's the thing I, I ultimately had to deal with, reckon with was. I don't care that much about how pipe organs sound. So I'm, I can only be so good at this job, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's but just sorry, I'll like, let, I'll let you finish your thought. I just, I wanted to get that out there. Well, it's interesting in that. Well, first of all, you're going to definitely co-host again. Okay. Uh, I mean, I would uh, weirdly in, in a time travel situation, there is a possibility that you could co-host before this airs. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to keep the, the, uh, rotation super long, yeah. but also don't, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be I'll doing between now and December, but, but I, 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 I hope I, to be killed by the me that, uh, by the me that hosts this show, hosts this show uh, before right now. But I, I will say that, like, you know, I am endlessly sort of interested in jobs that nobody ever thinks exist. Like, nobody thinks pipe organ oh, repair yeah. person exists. Like, nobody. You could, you could talk to 15 people and 12 of them would be like, there's pipe organs? <laughs> Everyone I've ever told that was my job has been, like surprised or didn't believe me or you know whatever yeah well it's weird it does seem like you're joking around you know like like yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it would have it but I, I don't think i because i have faith in and you as a very funny dude uh would have said pipe organ salesman if you were trying to tell a joke <laughs> right well and that's a, that's a whole other kind of guy and uh, are there sales guys yeah 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 well no. okay so there are sales guys there are there are sales guys for some of the big for some of the bigger companies but the big companies are like have been struggling pretty bad for for a while because uh trying to sell somebody trying to make trying to make that work you know building a brand new pipe organ in a world that already has too many of them uh, is is very difficult. So I don't know what it's like for a. I I don't know. I know the 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 big companies are sort of bare bonesing it, uh, in in produ for production. I don't know how they're how they're managing with their salespeople, but I could imagine it's a lot of them have lost their jobs. I would imagine uh, the way that the way that it happens in the rest of the pipe organ world. Is, is generally that you, uh, like a technician like myself, like I was for a while, 
would sign up to be a representative for a company that builds them. And so if, if, if one of my clients was like, hey, we want to get a new organ or we want to get this refurbished, I would go in as a representative of that company and I would pitch them on that. But my normal job would just be tuning and maintaining the organs. So it's incredible. And, and so I could have I could have worked my way if I if I had schmoozed a little bit more. And if again, if I liked the way they sounded or cared about them as instruments more, <laughs> I would I would probably now be, you know, a rep- a representative for a given company. I mean, I think that like me and you on top of like uh, uh, other, you know, our jobs and shit like that. I do think that like there is something that that pipe organ repairman and cable guy have a bit in common in that like it's the same way with cable right when they ran the cables they thought nobody was ever going to have to run the cable again you know yeah. they they're like this is the shit this is the best cable that can ever happen and then you know obviously uh you know, rats chew through it when it's in a crawl yeah. space and and shit like that. So you're crawling in crawl spaces that are kind of have a lot of water in them and dead animals floating around in oh, yeah. them. And and you're running like these new cables. And and like there was this type of cable, it's way in the weeds, but it's called RG59. And uh then the more comp that was very common back in the 80s and uh they they then came up with rg6 which is what they use now for almost everything yeah um and uh i had gotten the job in 2002 and the decision had been made that if you see rg59 you have to replace it no matter what it doesn't matter if shit's working it doesn't none of that matters so i ended up in a lot of those nasty tight gross places just replacing this thing that wasn't even necessarily broken so yeah we i I, I assume that's a lot of situations where you'll have the switching the the switching will be like a bunch of little uh uh it basically running dc power and uh and and you'll have like all of these tiny little wires from one from one part of a church to another part of a church through a very dusty sometimes coal sooty uh crawl space and the whole thing is wrapped in asbestos and the minute we are dealing with with that we have to like completely put in a solid state switching system because otherwise you can't you can't really like work with asbestos in general but well how um, but i had I, i dealt with a bunch of asbestos coated uh, bundles of cable that are a nightmare to, I mean, Hellraiser type shit. If you just looked at this bundle of cable and knowing that you're going to have to ring out every single note of every single stop of like 10,000 pipes for this, for this shit to, uh, to turn it into a, to get it functioning with a modern computer system, basically. But anyway. God, that's so, that's so to me, like, I just, I totally identify with, having to to do stuff like that and there were times where like you know churches would get cable and yeah. uh those huge buildings yeah it had to ancient be buildings with 
fucking skeletons walking around in the basement. I mean, it does feel that way a lot of times. I remember, uh, I think I've told this before, but I remember being in a crawl space in a really nice house in a pretty nice neighborhood. It's not as nice now as it was, but at the time it was in a pretty nice neighborhood. Uh, and I, I was down in their crawl space and, uh, I saw a dead mouse and it kind of like made me feel weirded out. But I also, you know, they weren't going to let me not, Right. They weren't going to let me not do the job. So he's going to have to do it anyway. As I crawled further into the crawl space, there was a dead cat, too. And I'm like, how the fuck do you live in a house with a dead cat? Like, you didn't say, where's the cat? Like, they must have thought it ran away and now it's dead. And they're just like, you had had no idea. So you had to, like, say, ma'am, I've got some bad news. Didn't tell her. Didn't even tell her. Oh, wow. Just like, live with it. Not not your business. <laughs> I'm I'm very much a not my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most thing because I mean when you do that job where you're going to people's actual houses like you I think you learn to live with what you have, I think. And so if your brain is like wired like mine where it's like I need to keep this place clean. I don't want it to be gross. I don't want it to smell bad. Uh, I don't want trash all over the place and animal shit all over the place. So I am going to keep my place clean. I'm going to make a real effort to when there's dishes, I do them. And and when my room's dirty, I clean it and all that stuff. There's that type. But then there's the type that 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 they don't care um, and they will never deep clean. But yeah. they they don't clean the house and they get used to the house like and i i found that i ran into so many more people who had who had kind of gotten used to just being in a place that that i I mean to me was uninhabitable but sure they were fine so i just didn't even say anything to them i just it was like i'm just gonna get they know they know their place is gross i think i i i've said i went to a house of these these hoarder types this Mm -hmm. is pre the show hoarders and uh i i just didn't even there was no sort of recognition that hoarder was a thing at this time. And uh, I get in, I'm working outside and the, and the guy's sort of standing next to me eating a Cincinnati chili five way, a, a skyline mm. five way. That's yeah. gross. But he's eating it outside and it's, it's, you know, he's, he's slopping it into his mouth and some of it's getting in his mouth. Some of it's getting on the ground outside. Sure. And I'm like, well, I got to take a look inside. I go inside and this, the guy is still eating the chili as he follows me around and it's just falling on the floor and he just yeah. keeps walking. There's dishes from the kitchen to the front door because they ran out of space for him in the sink. And then I lean down to get on my knee to reset their modem and I came up wet and uh that's the only time I said I got to get something out of my van and I just left I was like oh wow doing this I'd rather I'd rather just get fired than spend any more time in this house so I mean yeah it definitely seems scary it seems like something who knows what you are standing in who knows what you are breathing what the wetness is I had a uh so my uh my water heater in my my basement blew up uh would have been in the middle of summer, I guess, uh, in the middle of this last summer, my the water heater in my basement blew up. And uh, we, we have, so between the pandemic, 
wife and I had our uh, kitchen remodeled recently. And so, and, and we also, um, we had work done on the house and we've been trying to fix some things up. And in the process, we have taken a bunch of stuff and like put it in the basement. Then the water heater blew up and then we found out water was coming into the basement. So we moved a bunch of stuff out of the basement. There, we, there was like moldy shit that was wet down there. And we basically, we were living in this kind of temporary in between uh, solving a bunch of problems house that was driving my wife crazy because she felt like we were living like hoarders there for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and I am, I am definitely, I am abs- on my own. I'm absolutely that kind of guy who gets used to whatever I'm living in, you know, and I've it, it, like, I've lived in all kinds of situations and, and uh, that, that is, um, I, I need somebody like my wife in my life to be like, this is gross. Uh, get up, <laughs> get out of that, get out of that puddle of filth. You, you need to live better. And, Same uh, here. I, I mean, we, I I would say me and that's another thing we have in common is that yeah. my wife is very clean and I'm very I don't give a shit. But uh, but I was terrified. But the the guy came to replace the water heater, and he was talking about he was telling a story similar to your story about how bad it is going to some people's houses, uh, and like you you know you basically have to like make you have to like push trash out of the way every time you, you know, step, uh, through the house. And like, and we were, we were sitting there feeling like embarrassed that this guy had to work in our, in our house. And he was like, Oh no, 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 no. This is, this is nothing. And it was like such a relief to me to hear from that guy that he did not, he was not put out at all to be in my house at the, at the current, at the state that it was in at that point, I felt genuine relief that I was like, Oh, okay. So we're not. You wouldn't think we were crazy, like if you came in here and 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 weren't doing weren't doing this work, right? Uh, yeah. But anyway, that that's just funny because that that no. reminded me of that of that feeling of that sensation of being like of getting the approval of the guy working on the house. Now you got me thinking that I have a new business that I could. Really, you show I could up just, and you and you give people a, a check mark or not of whether they're living okay. Yes, I could. I could do that because I've seen so many inside people's houses. Yeah. Maybe I'll just be like, I, you know, I have all this experience. Um, I will come in. I will inspect it to see if you live in a clean house or if you live in a nasty house. And uh, certified clean, certified nasty. <laughs> yeah, it's only two some, things. Some people want the certified nasty, though. Some people yes. want that. Well, how? I'll tell you what. Tell people yeah. where to find you. And again, I thank you so much for doing this. And oh, of course. Thank you for having me on Fast Track. I uh, any any is a privilege to have done Fast Track and and the stream. It's always a blast talking to you, Brian. So uh, it really, any any time. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Howl Dottie. That's H O W E W L D A W D Y. You can, uh, listen to Howl Dottie's fast track, the show. You can, uh, support the show over at patreon.com slash Howl Dottie. I have a Twitch stream that's a uh, big Howl Dottie. And I have a radio show, uh, slash podcast that is the big Howl and Possum radio show slash podcast. Uh, big Howl and Pot, the big Howl and Possum radio hour or the big Howl and Possum podcast uh the radio show is at 10 p.m eastern time monday nights at wfpk.org and the podcast comes out on thursday afternoons 
All good, um, all fun. How's great? And uh, let me just say this: Happy New Year, everybody! Oh and, yeah, Happy New Year! Until I see you again, uh, it is a Happy New Year. Twenty twenty three. Can you believe it? Can I you believe could we never. Made it, probably. I thought we'd be dead in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, and. Uh, I'm going to hit the stop button. It's going to hang up on you. Thanks for okay. doing it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Oh, really? Oh, really? Bitch, I told myself when I was 12, I ain't scared of 12. 15 years old, beat a trial. I ain't scared of jail. 19 caught a robbery and a shooter. I could have caught a L. Fuck that nigga. That's too bad, he won't live long He gon' die, he won't get on Bitch, only heart, I got his chrome Google me If I get the trip and promise they gon' know to do with me He don't really wanna beef with me Wish he was cool with me Shot so many bullets off the clip Thought it was two of me All my life I been a high head Now I buy jewelry Skipping school, I always kept that ruler They can't to me Rubber band and murder gang, nigga I hang with grave diggers Want to drop the stalking every story on your Once you get sprayed, that's on Bitch, I told myself when I was 12, I ain't scared of 12. 15 years old, beat a trial, I ain't scared of jail. 19 caught a robbery and a shooter, I could've caught a L. Fuck that nigga if he went to tail, he should've caught a shield. Don't need my shooters drilled by myself. Got a hundred killers, still a kill by myself. Take perkies every day, like I don't care about my health. Use a bitch without your game, boy, you be scared by yourself.